After retiring from the army, Jeffrey Lodick became an advocate for leading after transition. He shares his story on how his time in the military has set him up for success. My favorite thing he said was the things that you can accomplish by doing the things you don't want to do. When you do it, it just makes everything better. Stay tuned for his inspiring story. You won't want to miss it. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. And today, my guest is the amazing Jeffrey Lodick. Thank you for joining me, Jeffrey. Thank you for having me. This is, I'm excited. Like I've, I, I, I get to see all your past guests and I just get to be, uh, be excited to be part of this whole, whole thing and all of what you do. Well, thank you. And Jeffrey and I met, gosh, it seems like years ago now, but it was just literally in person back in March, right? It is. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? I mean, honest <laughs> to God, I, I, I agree with you. I feel like I've known you forever and it's like, I just saw you, right? But yeah. I guess this time has gone by very slow in a sense or very, I don't know, but yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah. I think um, years from now, we'll, we'll probably be um, studies written on how the time during the coronavirus just really shifted for everybody. Cause you know, it seems like, like, you know, years go by in a short period of time. So, sure. and you are from where? Buffalo, New York, originally. I, I, I don't live there any longer. I, I escaped. I was, I'm going I'm to escape. Uh, yeah, I'm from Buffalo originally. And I, uh, I by way of you know, my, my parents moved there when I when when I when they were young. It's funny. But nonetheless, nonetheless that's a whole different story. But uh, yeah, Buffalo, New York. And I left in 1998, 97, got out of there and never been back. I mean, I've visited family, but I have zero, <laughs> zero interest ever going back. Nice. And now you're in Florida? Yeah, Tampa, Florida. Gotta love it, right? The sunshine and all that yeah. great stuff. Hurricanes galore. You know, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> Go from one extreme winter to the yeah. extreme summers, right? Exactly, exactly. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, Jeffrey Lodick retired from the Army after a 20-year career as a squadron sergeant major. He has continued his service by assisting transitioning service members as a career readiness instructor for Four Block and is the host of the On the Other Side Leadership After Transition podcast. It is designed specifically to allow experienced veterans and those who truly want to assist veterans the ability to provide insight on leadership and the transition process. During his time as a drill sergeant, he found his passion to help those who truly wanted to help themselves and who were simply asking for guidance. With his passion for life and his desire to teach, coach, and mentor, Upon his retirement, he opened Change Your Forecast, LLC, an organization that uses organized sports to teach life and leadership lessons to student athletes at both high school and collegiate level. Also, he is an inspirational speaker and sits on the board of directors for the National Speakers Association in Central Florida and a member of Toastmasters. His book, Life's a Game, Who Knew It Was Baseball?, will be released at the last quarter of 2020, along with the launch of his new podcast, Life's a Game, Who Knew It Was?, where life and leadership lessons will be pulled from the games in which people grew up playing, from professional, collegiate, athletes, and coaches, to men and women whose lives were impacted by the game of sport. And also, he is the co-founder of Military Podcast Network and co-creator of Military Creator Con. And that's where we met, was Military Creator Con. 
Yeah, that that was really long. Like I feel like I'm listening to all that stuff, and I promise you, it's not who I. I mean, it is what I do. It's all that stuff is there, but I just I listen to it. And I'm like, oh wow, I do a lot of stuff. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. Uh, you know what? Then that's the great part because I think um, the thing about Military Creator Con is that we all do a lot of stuff, and so we just have this common we have this common bond that was immediately like let's get together and share right and and lift each other up and and help each other in any way we can so what an amazing group of people that were found there i mean you know, i think that was that's that's the unintended quote-unquote consequence of this and i don't you know consequence is like a negative connotation but it's a consequence right nonetheless it's, yeah. it's something that happens through action and i'll tell you the the people i've been able to meet over the past three years through podcasting uh, through Military Creator Con, through PodFest itself, you know, Chris Kremitzos and James Van Pruyen, all those guys that have done some great things to create community. What an amazing community it is when you, when you actually find the people and you don't even know that they exist, right? It's amazing. Right. And that's where we met. We met through uh, James Van Pruyen and we always got to give a shout out to him because he seems to be the, the ultimate connector. <laughs> yeah. I hate giving him a shout out because we worked together way back. I mean, he's like my best friend in the world. Right. But I hate giving him a shout out because he like he, he fails to to accept my shout outs. He's like, whatever, dude. <laughs> anyway, no, I love the guy. He's awesome. And he is he is the connector. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's an amazing thing what he does. And I'm 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 blown away because I've known him now for what seems to be 20 years, but it's not. Right. So I met him in 2013. Uh, we work very closely together. And I think we've talked on the phone damn near every day forever. Right? I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's one of those things. So yeah, great, great guy, great guy. And, um, you know, he does such a great job of connecting. And, and, you know, I always say whenever I'm around him, I'm like, I just want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> sure. Isn't it funny how he finds the relevance in people? What I mean by that is it's not like he has this Rolodex of names, right? Yeah. It just sits there in his crazy mind. It just sits there. And, and when he talks to someone, he says, you need to meet X. And, yeah. and I believe that if someone's ever been told by him that they need to meet X, they need to meet X and it's crazy how he connects them because of the relevance between them. It's just not random names. It's they, they actually have synergy right off the bat. It's an amazing thing. Uh, he's, he's amazing. Truly. Well, and I have to say, I've watched that process that he does. And again, I have want to be him when I grew up because I've done that over my career and I didn't really realize I was doing it until I met him and went, Whoa, I met someone else who does the same thing. That's really yeah, cool. It is awesome. So I always like to start um, the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? Uh, I, I would I would say it's the same as anything else that 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 my core beliefs have right, which is you know others will lift you right. The bottom line is, I mean, I made it through a twenty year career. I, I don't I never tell anybody I was a great leader. I never tell anybody I was a great soldier. The bottom line is for me is through investing in people. All the great things that ever I, that I ever accomplished was not it was not an individual task. It was something that was gained because of the investment I put into people. Because I think people in general want to grow; they want to be great. And if you if you allow them the flexibility and the latitude to do so, it's amazing what they do for you, right? And it's it's not it's not again it's not an intended thing. I do it because that's what I, I feel is right. And then just to see those people do great things in the future. Like as, as time goes is amazing. And I I've been a benefactor, if you will, of, of being that investment person, that person invests in the things of they, what they want to see, what their dreams are. And I invest my time and efforts to make sure that they can have those things. And it's amazing what it does to come back around. It's, it's great. So that's my, that's what I believe investing in people. 
Well, what you, what I think you said is basically kind of being the change that you want to be. And, um, I, I, I've known you, like I said, for years, which has only been a few months. And I see that every time, uh, I see your posts or every time I see you in person or, you know, talk to you on the phone. It's like, you're just such a, a giving, generous person. So I just want to say thank you for everything that you do. You're welcome. And I, I thank you for everything you do because I like you want to be like James when you grow up. I want to be like you when you grow up. You impact so many lives and I love it. I mean, you do it with a smile. With with such ease, it's it's very natural, and I I think that you can't fake. It. You're very genuine with what you do, and and to me, I I love that, and that's what I try to be because it reflects right. I see what you're doing, and I and I I want to be where you're at because I see just the reaction that people have to you. It's you come from a place of of, of caring, of genuine concern, and genuine desire to make things better, and and. We need more people like you and I and, and James and Joe Bogdan. I mean, I, I can almost everybody you've ever interviewed, right? I, 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 we need people like them. You, you pick the right folks to bring on your show because they're all those same types of people, which is great. Well, and they're handpicked for that reason, right? You know, I, I, and, and I apologize that I didn't get you on here sooner. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, it's, you got a, a strike there. I got a, I got a little <laughs> list over here. She's got a, a red X. No, no, it's not like that at all. Uh, and it's just, it's so funny how, um, my world literally since military creator con just got a whole lot smaller. And I had met, uh, you mentioned Joe Bogdan. I had met Joe Bogdan through LinkedIn on, um, because I believe Jerry Dugan from beyond the rut, he had commented they're connected and he had commented on his post and it was about, um, Joe had posted something about neuroplasticity in the brain. That's one of my little passion projects that I enjoy. And next thing you know, him and I are having a conversation and he was like, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. And this was last fall. And I was like, awesome. If you need any help, let me know. And if you do interviews, I can, you know, help you out in any way, shape or form. And there we go. (laughs) The rest is history. Right. And yeah. And, you know, he connected, I connected him after he interviewed me to a couple of people, which connected him to Joel Goldberg, which I think connected you to Joel Goldberg, which connected me back to Joel Goldberg (laughs) (laughs) because I was like, well, I know Joel from Kansas city. And, but I hadn't actually, um, I had met him once, but I hadn't actually, you know, spoken to him again. So it was great. I was just on his show last week. So that's amazing, right? It's amazing how all that works. I mean, it's just, and and I think that is, if people could understand the power of networking, like truly Mm -hmm. understand the power of it and the benefit of it, it's, it's what you just said in about 12 seconds, right? Is it sums up why you should do it. All those things matter. And I, and the conversations I've had with Joe, with Joel, uh, all that stuff stems from, Hey, I knew this person, and, you know, you see a post and, and, Hey, I didn't know you knew this person, but it's, it's just really crazy how uh, it's a small world. I mean, we're not even close to each other from a state's perspective, geographically yeah. located. Right. But we are close to each other because of the relationship of which we've established over the last few months, which again, seems like years, but it's great. I mean, it's just an amazing thing to see it, right? Absolutely. And you, you hit the nail on the head, right? Networking. There is so much, especially in this time that we're in, right? Connecting and networking with people who are different than you is, I think, extremely crucial. And for you, you grew up, or I shouldn't say you grew up, you your career was in the army, but now you're kind of transitioning into more sports related and things like that. So do you have a sports background? 
I mean, I can see the paraphernalia in the back, so I'm assuming you do, but I want to know, you know, let our listeners hear what uh, your sports background is. Yeah, so I got lucky. I mean, I, I, so I played baseball as a kid, and it was fun. We had a lot, I mean, I don't, and I don't even think I was that, that good of a player. I mean, I, I, was, I, was, I enjoyed it, right? But I got, I got the opportunity to go to spring training with the Blue Jays way back in the day, and, and I didn't make it. I mean, I, I wasn't even close. I mean, when I got down there, I looked at the talent around me, and it was very – it was probably the only time in my life that I actually went through some sort of depression, right? And it, it didn't last long for me. Um, what I mean by that is when I got sent home, which sucked. I was a young kid. I was very arrogant and ignorant uh, about what I wanted, what they should be doing. They owed me the world because I was a, the greatest ever, and I wasn't. I mean, I, there was p- plenty of people that are were way better than me. But when I got home, I, I was lost because really, I mean, I, was, I wasn't a great I mean, a academic person. I I hated school. I had no interest in going to college. I I was, I was a troubled youth. I mean, great parents and great upbringing, but I was doing wrong stuff. So anyway, I I had no options really. I mean, it wasn't like go to war or go to jail type thing. But when I got home, I had, I had a friend that had left for the army about a year prior. Um, And so I joined the army as a, as a way to escape what, what was there in Buffalo, New York for me at that time was truly death or jail. And it's not, if, if my father was still alive to tell you, he'll, he'll always say the best decision I ever made in my life. And this was even early in my army days was to leave because I was just constantly doing the wrong thing. Right. So nonetheless, I do, I'm, my, my sports background is through baseball and I never lost it. I mean, I, and I like all sports. Don't get me wrong. There's not a, a sport I don't like. I, I actually like, I'm, I'm an athlete and uh, not anymore. My body's broke. I have a, fake knee and all this other stuff. But nonetheless, I've always enjoyed sports. So just because I wasn't playing it, I followed it. And I, and I, I grew up in an apartment complex where all these baseball players live. Like they became professionals. They were in a triple A system in Buffalo. So I got to meet the, some, some really great guys that just taught me a lot about the game, not just about throwing and hitting and running, but the actual, the, the, the game, how it translates to life and all these other different things. And then I saw that through my time in the army, which was, which was pretty spectacular. Well, I love that you said that even though you're not actively being an athlete, you're still an athlete. I think that's a mindset, right? Cause once you, once you're in um, something like that, a team sport, like the army, right? Once you're in that, it's kind of a mindset. Like it's always just a part of you of who you are. And I love how the Army and the the baseball really kind of pulls together that team aspect and everything that you're doing with Military Creator Con and the the Military Podcast Network. That's what it is, is that you're part of a a team, something bigger. Yes, no doubt. And and it's funny because throughout many of my, as a leader in the Army, I'd get my guys together and gals together and we'd talk about whatever. And I typically use baseball-like analogies, right? Or even sometimes I'd throw in football, but baseball for the most part and because there are so many similarities, I mean, it's just, it, it's because the, it, it's the, it's the biggest team sport in the world, right? The, the United States army is and, and how, how to build those teams, how to use those, those analogies from, from a game, right? It's, I don't, I don't care about the players. Look, I tell people all the time, I have favorite players, but what I do is I love the game. The game of baseball is innocent. It's pure at its heart. It's, it's great. You add people and it messes it up because they do these things. Right. But that's life. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. the world is an amazing place where we can breathe in this little bubble and we can do all these great things. But what messes it up is human beings. So if you just look at life as a pure form, if you look at baseball as its purest form, it's an amazing thing. The lines are perfectly. I mean, there, there's all these measurements that, that exist to keep the game going. And then people come and screw it up. But neither here nor there. It's really easy to talk about the life from a, a, from a game's perspective, because there's so many lessons to be learned. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 
one of the things that you had mentioned was that you were a troubled youth and maybe that's why we're kindred spirits. Cause so was I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's something about being a troublemaker that when, as an adult, you're like, Oh, you were a troublemaker too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, Let's compare stories. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> off, off the, off recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> um, so did you experience any other obstacles in your life where you were like, you know, I really, was kind of more like a defining moment for you. And you were like, really, I need to invest in myself or I need to invest in other people. It's funny because, yeah, I mean, yes, there's a significant uh, moment. I got diagnosed with testicular cancer. So I think that was one of those things that was like a punch to the face. So in 2002, uh, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. And I think I was 22 or 23 at the time. I'm not, I can't, math is no good, right? But I was a young kid still in my mind. And the word can't, I didn't care what kind it was. Testicular cancer is probably one of the most curable forms of cancer uh, that exists, uh, depending on when when it's caught, right? And I I can tell you the story, how how amazing it was that it got caught because it got caught through something totally different. I actually had had a hernia because, uh, and I had to get checked because I re-tore the mesh that they put in. And by that time, uh, they they found this thing, right? But nonetheless, so I don't know when, at what stage they found it, but they found it in the time in which was was curable, right? I had to do a couple things in order. I got to go through radiation, and and, it, and I was defeated. I mean, psychologically defeated, physically defeated. My body. I mean, I went from two hundred seven pounds down to one hundred fifty three pounds in less than mm-hmm. like like ten days because of. I mean, I was just I was bad. I just reacted. My body did not handle the whole situation well. But the word cancer in itself hit me like a ton of bricks because people die from this. And I think that was the first time in my life that I actually recognized that I was not immortal. And that kind of sounds silly. I mean, when I was a kid, I was, I mean, if I told you the stories about when I was a kid and some of the things I did, there was no thought of what are the ramifications for doing this type thing. Death Mm -hmm. is a ramification of that. Right. But you didn't, I didn't think about it, but at that moment, my life changed. I mean, it, it really did. And, um, from that moment, I realized I could give more to people. I'm not giving them. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit selfish with what the things I know, with the things I do. I only think about myself. Uh, and, and it kind of gave me a little bit of a second chance, if you will, to, to do a little bit more for folks. And then very shortly after that, I became a drill sergeant. And, and when I was a drill sergeant, that, that was the most amazing moments of my life, the most amazing times of my life. Not because I wielded all this power, although it's fun. Don't get me wrong. Being a drill sergeant in the military is, is a really fun and funny experience when you have like there's stories for days. I looked at these young men and women that were coming into the military thinking of myself when I came in. Why did I come in? I had nothing. I had zero, but I wanted to do, I knew I didn't want to be in jail. I knew I didn't want to be dead. I knew I wanted to be something. I didn't know what it was, but something. And I went this right way. And, mm-hmm. and I put my life in the hands of my drill sergeants to help guide me, frame me, shape me, and then move me on to other folks. So I looked at these young men and women coming in, in that same manner that, Look, we, we make fun of people. It, it's the craziest thing in, in the world to me is we'll see a big man or big woman at the gym that's overweight and we'll make fun of them, which is the dumbest thing in the world. They're there to do better for themselves, but we'll, we'll, we'll ridicule them. And I hate that. So it's the same concept of we see young men and women that join the military and we say, well, they have nothing better to do. Or they, and we say all this negative stuff, but they're taking a step to do something with their life. They're doing it. And and for me, that that's where everything changed for me. I realized that if someone wants to better themselves, whatever it may be, and they're looking for help, they might not know how to say help me. They don't, they don't know how to say it, but I can be a catalyst for that change that they want if I know that they're legitimately wanting to make a change in their life. And that's where all of this stuff comes from for me. That's, I mean, that was early in my career and I stayed for 15 more years because I loved 
that opportunity to take young men and women who wanted to be something better than they ever were and make it and help them get to the next step, whatever that may be, whether it be in the military or out of the military, right? And you, and you tied it together, too, with Military Creator Con, with the Military Podcast Network, with uh, Four Block and as a career readiness instructor. All of those things are the same. I mean, even, even Change Your Forecast is the same. It's taking young men and women who want to make a difference in their life, showing them that these things exist, and then letting them do whatever it is to do it, because it's just changing that mindset a little bit. And you do that so well. You're such a, an inspirational mentor. Um, I think I, I just have... Like I said, I, I feels like I've known you for years, but I see that you've poured into yourself, and that's what investing in people mean means to me is that you've poured and you've invested in yourself, and it just naturally overflows. And every conversation you have, and every uh, just literally everything that you do, you can see how it just overflowed, exudes from you naturally. And um, you know, it's just you're doing, you are doing exactly what you set your mind to. And um, I have to say, I'm tearing up as, as you're telling this story because it really reminds me of my own journey. So I had already said that I was a troubled youth and I didn't have a choice or didn't think I had a choice in what to do next for me. And I dropped out of uh, college for computer science. So I went to school to be a hairstylist. <laughs> totally different, right? <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of polar opposite. I mean, I, I don't even know, I don't even know what could be more opposite, to be honest with you. Right. But the funny thing is, is that um, it is similar to actually being in the, in the, uh, not exactly the same, but it's, you can see the similarities of having a drill sergeant type of thing, because you have to repeat the same exercises over and over and over again. Repetition, you know, you get it better, right? You understand it. And um, I, when I got out of that, you know, I was still, still, you know, snot nosed and (laughs) causing trouble and making, you know, bad decisions and stuff like that. And then I got into a salon where people poured into me and mentored me. And believe it or not, my trainer, my educator was actually a drill sergeant at one point too. And that really helped me develop um, the discipline that I needed, that I was lacking. And then I became that educator and I had actually went through, um, and taught a uh, cosmetology school and, and actually did the same thing. Um, you know, repeat, repeat, repeat. And, <laughs> and it's just so, it's such a gift. And I don't know if you feel the same, but for me, it's just such a gift to be able to build yourself up in a way that you're like, wow, now I need to not reach a hand, um, you know, down, right. And then get a handout, but just to reach a hand to lift somebody up. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, exactly. I mean, I, th- I think that that's, that's the thing that makes me keep doing it. I mean, to be honest with you, it's not, it's not because there's some level of, of ego that I get because someone's looking for help from me. I, and I, I find, don't, don't, there are people that are like that and I, and I can't stand them. I mean, I, I just don't like egotistical people. I just, I think it's ridiculous. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's, there is something to be said when, when a, when a person, I don't care age, color, uh, gender, uh, it doesn't matter to me, but if someone comes to me that are like, Hey, listen, I heard blah, 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 blah. Could you help me? Or it just even overhearing a conversation when I'm like, you know what? It would be perfect if you reached out to this person, because I see where you're stuck, but that person right there could truly get you unstuck and move you to the next step, whatever that step may be. And when they do it, they come back and they say, thank you. 
Yeah. Oh my God. I'm look, I'm not looking for them to give me a dollar. Now, if they want to, I'm not going to say no, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's just an amazing thing to feel that you were able to help someone propel them to the next step of something that they were stuck. At. I don't, I don't do that for, for dollars, right? I, there is a feeling of, of just genuine, amazing. I mean, it's amazing. Right. And I love it. So no, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm laughing because I, I hear in my mind, some of the people are like, you know, you can get paid for this or you can get paid for that. And I've even told VP, uh, James Van Pruen, I always call him VP, but I've mm-hmm. even told VP, bro, monetize the networking thing, figure out a way to do it. And, and you know what he told me, which, and this is years ago, this isn't like yesterday, this is years ago. He said, it would take away from what I'm doing. He goes, then I'd be thinking about how to make the dollar and people wouldn't think my connections were that valuable because I'm trying mm-hmm. to make money off of those connections. And, and at that time I was like, you're an idiot. It's nice that you said that you're you're an idiot. But watching him over the years, as because he was a very he was a quiet guy. Like in the military, he was very okay. Yes, Roger moving, and he would do his own thing. To see him have grown is amazing. But but why he does what he does is exactly why he does it. It has nothing to do with the dollars. And I think it's just he's true to himself, and he's stubborn in that, just like his hair. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless. I, uh, I love it. I, I truly, I'm inspired by people like you and him. And that's why I continue to do the things because it does make you feel good when you see someone just, just say thank you because you, you were able to help them to move to the next spot. Yes. And you said something, um, you used the word valuable. And I have to say, I just want to add to that, that the words thank you are probably two of the most valuable words that aren't utilized today. So what would you find valuable? And if someone would give me like a million dollars right now, I'd find it so <laughs> valuable, but that's just me saying something. No, look, I just think genuine being genuine is valuable. I mean, I think that I don't want to, I don't want to tear apart like an onion. I don't want to peel apart the skin and I don't want to find out who you are through time and all that stuff. I, I, I believe that I, that believe I see genuine people. I, I, I truly do. I think I can see the nonsense. I, I, I'm, Pretty, I don't want to say I'm judgmental because that's not the right term. That's kind of negative. But I take you for what your value is when you when you first come up and we talk and I can see you. And then I see how you're doing it again. And I can see how you're doing it again. And I, as you do that, that's that's who you are, right? But I can see the people that come to, to get something specific. They're, they'll, they'll put on a front. They're good salesmen and women. And it's mm-hmm. good, good on them. But it's they're just not coming from a genuine place. And so to me, being authentic or being genuine is value to me because I will, I will go to the end of the earth and back for someone who's genuine that, that truly comes, comes prepared just to be who they are. Even if it's mean, even if it's the worst person in the world, as long as they're who they are, I can, then I know how to gauge you. Right. And I know what I can do for you and, or with you. Right. So being genuine or being authentic is the most value that's value to me. Right. That's beautiful. And it's true. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. If you're, um, going to lie, then there's no reason to continue to talk to me about sure. anything. And if you, you mentioned egotistical before, I, I have a problem with that as well. It's almost as if, you know, let's just be real here. <laughs> and, um, and I, and then you are such a, um, an amazing force of a person that people are so comfortable around you. They can't help, but just be authentic because they're just, you're so chill and relaxed and like, Oh, here I am. And welcome, welcome, welcome to my family almost immediately. And I just, you know, everyone who meets you, I think feels the same way. 
Well, I'm hopeful. <laughs> that's that's thank thank you. That's great. I, I a lot of times I'll go home and I'll call VP and I'm like, ah, just talk to this guy. I think he hates me, right? Because I mean, I, I'm just kidding. I, it's never that that way. Um, yeah, I like to open my here as soon as we meet. We're, I'm good. I mean, because you know who was it? I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to say the name because I forget right now. No, it's J.C. Glick, uh, former lieutenant colonel, retired. He said talked about trust and how people. Get, you have to earn trust. You take all this time to have people trust you, blah, blah, blah. But you'll get on an airplane and you'll fly to whatever destination, never met the pilot, but trust them with your life because right. you expect that they were hired to do. He goes, trust shouldn't have to be earned. It, it should be given. And then it maintained, right? Sustained and all that good stuff, but, and, and nurtured. But we're so, so I'm, I'm in that same mindset that I'll trust you uh, until you give me reason not to. And, and that's where, you know, at first I'll talk to you and I'm here. You're going to get everything that I can give you right now, right now, today. It's not like sign up for 30 days and then get something free later. It's not that way. It's here. This is what I am. This is who I am. Now, if you do something in that time frame to show me that I should not trust you or give that to you, then it's okay. I can immediately take it back. I'm not, I don't, I have no hard feelings with that. I'm not, not like, uh, well, I, sh- I, I already told him I liked them. Can I tell him I don't No, it, it doesn't work that way for me. So we're, we're on a very, very uh, good basis right off the bat. And then through time, we can tell who, who, uh, who sticks around and who doesn't. And I'm okay with that. Mm, very true. And you mentioned the word trust. And so this just kind of popped up in my head and I, th- I guess I was meant for me to ask it. So has there ever been a time where you didn't trust yourself? Yeah. Uh, for like my entire life. I mean, it is great. <laughs> I mean, so <laughs> not, not, not my entire life, but yeah, there, there's been a lot of times. I, I mean, I, I probably couldn't even break it down specifics. Right. Um, there, there's been times in which I've been thoughtful uh, of, of other things, the things that weren't important to me. And, and, I, and I go back to the times when life wasn't important about anybody else. It was just about me, me, me. But like I told you, I have a wife, I have four children um, and my family is the most important thing to me in life. Right. So it, it really is. Um, and there were times leading up, I had a bad marriage earlier. I got divorced and, you know, I wasn't a good husband then, but I, I said, I wanted to be a great father. Um, so through those times I, I was trying to figure out, I want to be by myself forever. I, I, I truly, after my divorce, it was very bad. It was, it was rough on me. It was rough on my family, not just my kids, but my parents, everybody. Cause it was, it was bad, but nonetheless, um, I had to learn how to trust myself uh, in order to even move on to, to meet my wife. I mean, I, I it was by, I mean, I, I would tell you the story about meeting my wife is like a movie. It's, it's an amazing thing. We were on a cruise. It was, it was, everything was not what it's supposed to be. Like we both went on a cruise without even having gone on a cruise. Like we, we didn't make the plans. My buddy asked us to go, my, me to go and her mom and, and aunt asked them to go. Uh, nonetheless, we just happened to meet at a time in which neither was we're looking for a relationship at all. We're just there. And we've talked every day since that was 2013. But the, the thing is, is from my divorce in 2009 to us meeting in 2013 was a time in which I had to remember who I was, but to trust the decisions of which I'm making. And I didn't trust myself for a lot of things. I mean, I drank an awful lot back then. I did. There was just a lot of, it was a part of my life in which there was outside influence that wasn't in my mind. It was everything else. And so therefore everything I did, was not trusty worthy of myself. The only thing that, that kept me grounded was the military because I didn't drink and work. I focused on work. I was there from five in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. And I was just really focused on that. But from 10 five till three in the morning, I was drinking all night. You know what I mean? So not really, I'd be passed out well before then. But I say all that to say that that was a time in my life where I didn't really trust anything I did, you know? So 
Um, but I've gotten much better since then. So neither here nor there. I'm in a <laughs> good situation. Mm, that's awesome story. Awesome story. And you mentioned about drinking. So are you, did you go through any kind of um, uh, recovery process or anything like that? I didn't. No. I, so I, I went through my own, I guess you'd say. And I, I've never, I've never been the type, like I have an addictive personality. I'm, I'm a creature of habit, if you will. Like I do, if I do something, I do it all the time. And that's, and that's whether it be going to Chick-fil-A or going to, I mean, those are the things, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but what I, what I realized was I've never had a problem putting it down. Smoking was the hardest thing for me to quit. Like that was something in which was difficult, right? I mean, very difficult, but alcohol, I, I, I wasn't addicted to it to so to speak physically. I mean, I just drank a lot. It was more of a psychological thing in which I, it wasn't like I didn't get shakes and stuff. If I didn't drink, I just wanted to drink all the time. It just made it better. Right. Mm-hmm. But when I realized it didn't, cause it ruined plenty of relationships for me, it ruined a lot of things that I had. I mean, it's, I basically said, I'm just going to stop drinking. And, and I did, I mean, I, I stopped drinking. I put myself, I put my focus in, in a lot of the other places that were needing focus, but no, I never went through a program. I thought to myself that I, I could do it myself. Um, and I did, but that doesn't go to say that what everybody should do because not everybody has that same thing. I mean, I have plenty of alcoholics in my family, alcoholics that are friends and they've gone through a lot of different programs and still are, are struggling. Right. So obviously we're all not all created equal in that, in that realm. So get help if you need some, not you, not you, Shay, but I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I was there, you know, I had, uh, I started drinking at 11 and by the time I was 15, I was drinking daily and, and I quit at 23. And so I've just been sober, you know, a couple of years now. And uh, <laughs> uh, actually it's been like 20, 20 something years now. And, I, but I was the same way. I mean, I uh, told the beer in the refrigerator, I could never have another one literally like out loud. And that was it. I was done. But you said about smoking. I don't know what it is about smoking, but smoking was definitely harder to quit than anything I've ever quit before. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, honest to God. And it's, and it's, I could say, I'm not going to stop at a store and buy a pack of cigarettes. I can say, I'm not going to do this. I, I, it doesn't matter. I, 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 all of a sudden I'm at the store with a pack of cigarettes and I'm like, what, what happened? I just said, I wasn't going to stop, you know, not even five minutes ago. It's, it's, it's very, it's very difficult. I mean, but you know, I guess you get to get through it and figure out something else. I mean, whether that's through a program or through just, you know, constant, just you know, support. It's funny because I like, I don't like nagging. Right. So like, my, like with my wife, my wife or my, my kids or my mother or anybody was like, you're smoking. Have you smoked? Why are you smoking? Listen, I didn't, I'm not smoking. I wasn't thinking about smoking until you brought up smoking. Now I'm going to go smoke because it's in my mind. I've been doing everything to get it off of my mind. And you guys keep asking me these questions. So now I want to go smoke. Right. So the support was, it came from a different perspective, right? Like let's go do something else. And we, when we wouldn't talk about smoking, we would just go do something else. And it, it was hard, man. I mean, it was truly the hardest thing ever for me. That's, that's, that was my Achilles heel. Well, I think that's, kind of apropos for a lot of things, right? When you're in a stuck in a, to me, it's almost like a mindset, right? So when you're stuck in that, I want, I want, I want to, once I want a cigarette, I want to drink, I want something, right? Redirect and go do something that's proactive. That's going to be beneficial to you instead of, you know, focusing on the one thing that you want and can't have, so to speak. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Gosh, so many, so many nuggets that you've said. I hope our, our hope the listeners are taking notes because Literally, there's just been so many beneficial things that you have said. So do you follow or read or watch or is there um, a particular person that you were like, 
you know, this person was extremely influential in me other than, um, I know that all of your mentors in the army was influential, but was there someone in, you know, books or anything like that, that has been influential to you? So it's going to sound corny, I guess, maybe, but I don't like to look up to people, if that makes sense. Like I, so I say that in, in, a, in a way where we're in a world right now where if, uh, if an athlete says something or if an actress or actor says something or a rapper or singer or whatever, they, 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 people put a lot of value in it. And I don't, I refuse to, because I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. Everybody's got a, a voice and they should be heard and I get it, but I don't know these people. So, I mean, so books and all that stuff, I read a lot. I mean, to be honest with you, I've read more books or listen, I do audio books because I just, I, I drive a lot back and forth to different places. So I'm always listening. Whenever I get in the car, my kids get mad because they want to listen to the newest trendy music, whatever. And I'm listening to some, some book in which I just picked up. Right. So nonetheless, I, I got to tell you, I, I like Dave Ramsey. Right. And I, I don't like Dave Ramsey as a human. I don't know Dave Ramsey, but his books are good because I had a lot of financial issues and I say financial issues. I wasn't going bankrupt. I wasn't in debt, but I was, I wanted to live a better life from a financial perspective. So I listened to Dave Ramsey's uh, total money makeover and I listened to that book and it, and it really gave me, it did so much more than just from a financial perspective. It, it resonated with me because I was a gym guy, right? I like to go to the gym and I could remember when I talked to people that were trying to lose weight, when the military, you've got to be a certain weight. Right. And, and I was always trying to push folks to go to the gym to exercise. And that's what we did. But he was talking about financial stuff from, from a, almost like a gym perspective. If you go to lose weight and you check the scale five days later, well, it's not going to change much. And it's going to, it's going to cause you to be a little bit uh, d- discouraged or demotivated. And then you're going to leave the gym and, and call it quits because you're not getting the results. And the, and the total money makeover is as in that same manner, but just from a financial perspective, it changes the way in which people want to remove debt. So I just looked at it from a holistic point of view, not just from a financial thing, but from a life perspective. If I'm looking at these things as a whole, it can become very overwhelming in every aspect, whether it be weight loss, weight gain, um, finances, relationships, anything. If I take it a day at a time and and try to get the things right, the small things that I can do, I I can't knock over the the mountain right now, but I can climb it. You know, I can get there, but I just got to take those little steps to do that. And to me, that book, was more than a financial uh, guide, if you will. So yes, it helped me from a, a debt perspective. And I think that if anybody listened to Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover, and I'm, by the way, I'm not getting paid for saying that book <laughs> over and over again, but I'm just, I, I just believe in it so, so much because it's not just about um, money. It, it can be about a lot of things. So Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. And I know you've seen it, um, Shay. I, I know you've seen um, David Goggins' Can't Hurt Me book. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if you read it or you mm-hmm. listened to it, the 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 audio version of that book is amazing because um, it's kind of like a book slash podcast all in one. So mm-hmm. you hear a guy read the book, then after that first chapter, that, then they talk about it. And I have no interest of running an ultra marathon. I, I'm not going to. I, I can tell you that I'll never probably run again. So I'm, I'm not. I don't. I'll just get in a car. I'd rather drive, right? But that book in itself is inspiring because if you take it for what it, what he's saying and just do everything from a physical perspective, then so be it. It's awesome. And you could probably get into a lot of good shape because it's a book about driving yourself from a mental perspective into this physical beast. But there's so much you're missing if that's all you're looking at. It's just the, the mind shift, the things that you can accomplish, do the things you don't want to do, right? Those are the things that he's talking about. So while you're having this interview with me, it's good. At some point, we're going to be done and you're going to take it and you're going to edit it and then you're going to publish it. But then you're going to, but before you do, you're going to do some, some work to get it out there so people can see it. That's the work that people don't want to do. 
But mm-hmm. if you if you do that work, this interview can become very great. I mean, not just from what we're saying. I think the content is always going to be awesome, especially if, if someone's a guest on your show because you drive that. How you how you take the time to prepare it, to get it ready, to get to get out there, to to market it. You know, all those things that we don't want to do. When we sit down and take the time to do it, it just makes everything better. So anyhow, those are the two. I mean, I know I that was a very long response to a very short question. That's usually what you get from me. But Dave Ramsey and David Goggins can't hurt me and total money makeover and opposite order. But those two books are things in which I look up to, not the human beings themselves, but the words in which they spoke. Because if you truly focus on what they're saying, you're going to be in a good, uh, good spot. Actually, I, I love that you mentioned both of those. I have gone through the Dave Ramsey's Total Makeover course, actually, through my church. And um, it was definitely influential for me um, to be debt-free. And then um, I have listened to the first bits of David Goggins' book. I haven't finished it. I haven't gotten in that far yet. So it's just a great reminder to get back into it. So thank you for that. You'll love it. Yeah, I'm, I know I will. I've been recommended it several times. So I'm excited to get back into it. So with that said, and I know that you have um, four children and a wife, and I know that you are such an inspirational and motivational person. So what do you want to be remembered for? What would be your legacy? And I never thought about that. That's really, I I don't want to make it up, but I'm going to try just because it's part of this. (laughs) So I've never thought about that. I, you know, I got to be honest. I I just want my kids to be contributing members to society. I want them to live in a world where they, they can feel safe to go places, to do things, to live like I did when I was, when I was seven, eight, 12, 15, not, not to do the things I did when I was those ages, but be able to do, do it freely. My legacy, I, I don't know. I just want to, I mean, I guess from a teacher's perspective, like you get those teachers that say, if I could change one life, it, it would mean everything. And it's factual. And I think I'm doing that. I mean, I think I'm changing lives. I think I'm giving the opportunity for people to see. I'm not touching them and making them move in this way or that way, but I'm giving them insight. I'm giving them ideas and suggestions and advice. And to watch each one of those folks do it, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know, 20 years, 50 years, 100 years from now, if there's if there, my name's mentioned, that'd be great. But really, I just want my kids to to kind of just see what I'm doing and understand that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to impact the people in which I can and influence good, good decision-making with them. It's funny because I think most people would understand that kids, your own kids don't like to listen to what you're saying. I mean, there's, there's that I didn't, my, my, my parents were great. I was very rebellious. I just wanted to do, cause I was grown and I wanted to have these decisions, you know, and make them decisions. My kids do the same thing and I see it and I can't get frustrated. But what I, what I try to tell them is, you don't have to listen to what I'm saying, and I get it. But just understand that 10 years, 15 years, 20 years from now, I know you're going to say thank you. I know you're going to, and if you don't, it's okay. I don't need to thank you, but I want to see it because you're going to, you're going to have those. I would never do this. My father did this, 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 and I'm never going to do that to my kids. And then someday you adopt those things because why? You turn out to be pretty good people. So, so that, that's it. I, I, I just want my, my kids to be contributing members to society. I mean, that are doing really good things and, and, and able to smile. You know, I just want, I, I like happiness, man. So that's, that's what I want. That's, that's my legacy. If they can live that way and be happy and not be ridiculed for, you know, that's my biggest fear. You know, you didn't ask that, but my biggest fear is for my kids just to be picked on and bullied and, and have, and not, and not being able to protect them in that manner. I want them to be able to just be free and, and be who they are and not have to worry or change because society says so, or his dad said so, or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? That's, 
So another long answer to a short question. <laughs> well, I love that you said that you just really want to make sure that you're making a difference. And you are. I mean, with your podcast, your book, your upcoming book, and and everything that you're doing, not just with um, you know, the Military Creator Con, but the Military Podcast Network as well. And and your your posts on social media. Speaking of, where can people find you? Do you have a website? Are you more on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook or anything else? So- so LinkedIn is my spot, right? That's where I find most of my, 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 my impact lies there. Um, but I, I, LinkedIn, just Jeffrey Lodick, L-O-D-I-C-K. I'm the only one you're going to find. My son is a junior, but not really a junior, but he's way young. He's 14, so he's not, he's not getting on LinkedIn. But uh, social media, I mean, uh, Facebook is fine. I, I like to – I don't do, really post a lot of stuff on Facebook, so to speak, but I'll, I'll put some things into the – on the other side of leadership uh, – group, right? Um, leadership after transition group. But yeah, LinkedIn is probably the, the, the spot. And I, 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 I find that LinkedIn is more for professional stuff. I mean, if we want to be friends, then let's get on Facebook. But what, what people, I don't, I don't post on Facebook because people are going crazy there, but on LinkedIn, we can talk professionally. I can help you. I can I, I connect you um, with people. That's where I, that's where I do my business. I guess you'd say is on LinkedIn. Awesome. So they can, you can find Jeffrey on LinkedIn, Jeffrey Lodick. And I am just so honored that you've taken time out of your busy schedule to be on my show today. So thank you so much. Well, you're so welcome. I'm thankful that you asked me when I look at Joe Bogdan and Ben Calloy and John Crotect and Joe Crane, I mean, I, the list goes on. I've listened to them all because I mean, it's, they're great. And I, I don't want to, if I didn't mention your name, please don't, uh, don't hit me in the face. I, I actually listened to all you and I thought it was great. Those are just the guys that I mentioned right off the top of my head, but they're all amazing. The things that they're doing, especially, and Oh, by the way, all that I just mentioned were in the veteran space, right? So it's really cool um, to see all of those folks doing great things. And, and, and I love the veteran community. So I, I appreciate you for highlighting the great things because uh, I know that most people, if, if, if they're not veteran, uh, I don't want to say friendly, but really in the veteran community, they hear you know, 22 a day, uh, suicide, homelessness, uh, all these different things, PTSD, and I, and I don't want to take anything away from that. There's the awareness, the programs, the things that they're doing are huge, but there's so many that are doing great things from small businesses to podcasting to, that aren't in that field that are kind of overlooked because of the fact that there's so much uh, um, awareness, if you will, on these other things. But they're, they're doing some great things, and I just want – I'd like to have the, the veteran community be, be looked at in a positive way a lot of times as opposed to just all the, all the negative things that you hear about them, because I, it, there's just, there's a lot of folks doing great things that don't suffer from any of those things, unemployment or homelessness, you know, and all those things that, that we hear about. So I appreciate you for spotlighting some of those folks that are doing amazing things in, in our communities and, and, and the nation altogether. Thank you. And you are also one of those people doing great and amazing things. So thank you for everything that you're doing. And before you go, I always like to end with this question. So what is the phrase, scripture, or mantra that you're living by right now? So I had a quote. I, I made a quote. I'm, I'm going to mess it up. It's my quote, by the way. I mean, I actually put it places, but I'm going to mess it up because you, you say. So um, let's see. Dreams can only become reality with hard work, dedication, and time, right? So people always say, you know, I want my dreams to come true. I'm always dreaming of this. I had a dream of and all that stuff. And, and dreams are real and, and they can, it can actually become true, but you have to put in dedication and, and you have to put in the time. Time is the thing that makes a dream come true because dreams last only a few seconds. I think they say 
psychologically, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not that guy, but they, but when you look at something and you see some huge, um, just vision for yourself, it's going to take time. Just like Dave Ramsey's talking about money. I'm talking about taking the steps necessary to get to where your, your goals are so you can achieve those. And whether that's two, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, doesn't stop because you change some things. You just got to keep moving forward. That's mm-hmm. can I can I say one other one? I mean, of I, know, I, I, I don't. Of I, I use this often because uh, Ernest Hemingway said, uh, "Let's." Let, I'm going to get this. I got to get this right too. So success is the progressive realization of a worthwhile goal, right? So that's what he mm-hmm. said: progressive realization of a worthwhile goal. So your success, my success, are different, and what we vision and vision is success being um, is different. So we can't tell someone that they're successful or unsuccessful. But if we were to believe that that definition that it's a progressive realization of a worthwhile goal, then the word failure would have to change as well. And I say that because just because I stop, I'm not, I'm not working on this thing right now because I'm doing something else. If my goal is to be whatever it may be a CEO of something, and I'm not a CEO of something I can do that 10 years from now, as long as I'm working toward it, failing is when you completely stop, right? When it's just, you stop. So just don't stop. If you guys have a vision out there, if you want to do something, it's okay that, Life happens because COVID happened. You know, we have kids, deaths in the family happen, their relationships break up and end. And there's a lot of things that happen in life that cause us to step back. Doesn't cause us to quit on the things in which we're trying to achieve. It just causes us to step back. So just understand that goals that are out there, just keep moving forward. At some point, slow, steady wins the race. Just move forward. Mm, I love it. And if we were in church, I'd be saying, amen, amen. (laughs) (laughs) Amen, brother. Amen. (laughs) I've been taking, I've been thinking about taking my, my, my speaking to churches. There you go. (laughs) Yes. There you go. There you go. Well, again, Jeffrey, it's been an honor and um, pleasure. And thank you so, so much for all the nuggets that you've dropped on the audience today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you greatly. Don't turn this off just yet. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Do you have a compelling story and don't know where to start? Have you ever thought about writing a book and thought about writing the whole book is overwhelming? Well, we are looking for you. We want to connect and collaborate with other podcasters, coaches, and entrepreneurs who want to gain exposure. We are looking for other people who want to co-author a book with us. You can find out more details at firestartersbookproject.com.